0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my question-answer session about the raid loot. I gave my review of the loot. It wasn't that glowing, really calling for the guns to be significantly better. Would love to see perks on guns and armor to make them unique to the raid. There are raid mods. I was not aware of that until this morning. They're quite a bit darker. They're almost a charcoal gray, and they're always taken in theme. Uh, but really not too pleased with how much year one gear is as good or better than stuff in the last wish raid i kind of in another video i gave joe blackburn a little bit of pushback when he said that people deserve to have power from you know the aikala shotgun because that's something that they grinded for and it's in the end game and i would say i agree with that sentiment where is that in forsaken where is that in the PvE end game because there's almost nothing uh, there's literally nothing in the PvE game of Forsaken that's stronger than those weapons, and it's especially frustrating to have that reality be true about the Last Wish raid. So we're going to jump to questions now. If you're listening to on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash rage or follow me on Twitter at to Rage. Taking the first question here from Novahands says, Hey Lono, do you think leaning more into raid mods for the weapons could improve them enough or would that limit them to a particular activity? Well, I mean, given that there are raid mods and they're taken in theme, the the, the dilemma there is you can put them on anything, so you don't even have to put them on the raid gear. Now, maybe if they did something in the future with raid mods where they wanted to give the player freedom, hey, you can put this on any gun you want. You can put it on any gun you want, but it's gonna get a stat bonus when you use it on a raid gun. So let's say you get 10% extra damage to taken, and when you put it into a raid gun, you get 15% or something. I don't know. Or maybe it just it, it it doesn't just give you that bonus. It gives you other bonuses as well. I don't know. There could be better ways, I think, to, again, make it feel as though going into the raid, raid gear is the call. Raid guns are the call. Because presently, that just is not the case. I mean, other again, other than, like, the Chattering Bones, there's just a pretty decent vacancy of meaningful power and you know and again if joe blackburn's gonna say we want people to feel rewarded for their investment and we want people to feel rewarded for going into the end game and and the ikala shotgun is is being defended in that regard then defend the game more universally defend the game more universally what then where's your defense for the lack of power in the last wish raid Almost nothing in there could be described as powerful and pinnacle against things like Ikela Shotgun, Midnight Coup, Sleeper, Whisper, everything that existed before. Why is the sins of the past rocket launcher from Leviathan better than the rocket launcher in the raid? Why are there scouts and other, you know... The, the auto-rifle and the hand cannon is great, but that's attached to another problem, right? The the design team that designed those weapons, the, the auto-rifle and the hand cannon, it's not really their fault that there's an overarching energy weapon problem in the game. If you had more freedom, and you could be like, hey, I could put this hand cannon and I could put this, this auto-rifle in the primary spot, if you had that that level of freedom then you might not feel so oh man what a bummer i really really wish that you know these weapons were stronger so it's it's not necessarily that the weapons are even designed poorly some of it's linked to a larger a larger problem so there, there's a handful of things that need to happen with raid weapons. I think they need to be unique in the types of perks they can get. They need a, a, a strength buff or something that makes them preferred and better in the raid. Those two things are missing. Those two things are missing in, in in spades. You can find equal weapons to virtually everything in the raid with the exception of the Tyranny of Heaven and the 1K Voices. You can find an equal counterpart to Chattering Bones. The scout's not very good. Auto rifle and the hand cannon can have. There are better auto rifles and hand cannons you can slap in the kinetic slot, uh, and and then there's just missing weapons. And again, the Tekian Force Fusion rifle and the kinetic sniper rifle could get some legs. That's again attached to a larger problem that those weapons in general are just not very good right now. That's not necessarily, again, on the raid design team or whoever designed the weapons. That's a larger problem that is on the sandbox team. The sandbox team needs to take a hard look at the underrepresentation of fusion rifles in the energy slot and almost nothing in the kinetic slot that justifies putting on an energy primary. You sacrifice a lot when you put on energy primary. You get less crit bonuses. They're less efficient weapons because you're basically just relegating them to a shield popper. And then you get less crit damage. So as a primary, because that's what most primaries really excel at, is precision damage. Even if you're using an auto rifle, if you're using it well, you're getting those crit hits. It just is functioning as a less efficient primary when you slap it into the energy slot. So you're trading power and you're not really gaining any. You're not gaining much really i don't think i don't know if there's any measurable benefit other than oh you get you get a crit multiplier on a kinetic sniper that might be worth worth justifying if snipers get some treatment to make them more viable uh than they are right now because it's as they stand right now snipers are just so hard to justify using in pve if it's not the whisper Uh, next question caveman how do you feel about more three-man raid content like the shattered throne I would like to see this. I think this is an opportunity to deliver something rhythmically. I think rhythmic content's important because it op- it's an opportunity for urgency and concern and excitement that you wouldn't ordinarily get. You know, like when they cycle the nightfalls through, when challenges cycle through, the Morgoth challenge in the raid, super easy to do because it uh, it you basically just keep the ogres alive. And that's fun because those challenges are supposed to rotate each week. It makes you play the content a little bit different. It makes you play a fight a little bit different. I enjoy that. I enjoy that feeling of, you know, variety. Even if it's not humongous variety, it's still variety. And if you had a regular injection of things like Shattered Throne, that's great for PvE. This is where you could have another NPC uh, or just have this related to Zavala. And this could be something called like dungeon master or something and this is where you could take another one of those long grinds that we just don't have in pve we don't have the 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 broadsword we don't have the lunas howl or the not forgotten we don't have those in pve and i think we could get them and dungeon master rank could be related to that it could give you a seasonal long grind something to really push for that's not easy to do you know it would require you to weekly go into that kind of content So Bungie's hitting on some, they're hitting on some quality points that have never been in Destiny before that have massive potential if drilled down into properly. And I would just, again, want to continue to say everything they did with Forsaken is right in line with what I was saying for the year leading up to it. Drill down on the existing things that you have, create the quality, create the loot pursuit. There's stuff already here that's good. There's just no reason to be in those, in those places same thing now it's like you guys are creating good concepts you're creating great placeholders drill down put loot incentive in there expand the perk pool give us more powerful variety of guns so it's not such a one-dimensional hand cannon shotgun meta where i mean that's virtually everywhere even if pvp and pve so that's that's what i'm going to continue to charge bungie with it's not me being negative it's me asking them to continue to take the game and just keep ratching it up every time they improve the game you get a glimpse into the great gr- the even greater capacity and the greater potential that the game has uh flame with two months of subs thank you so much for two months one more month and you'll get that blue badge thank you so much for two entire months subs i appreciate that very very much And we are going to switch over to the next question. I pooted, are any of the raid mods worth equipping over Transcendent Blessing? I actually really like this one. The Taken Armaments, when you defeat Taken Enemy with a grenade, it has a chance to grant heavy ammo to reserves. That isn't restricted to the raid, by the way. There were sections in a Nightfall where I knew I could throw down a grenade and get like an entire group of Taken enemies. It was guaranteed power because it was such a large amount of enemies. That's great in the raid as well. There's numerous spots where just a crap ton of Thrall show up and you get a good area of effect grenade to land in that group. You're almost guaranteed to get some heavy to drop. Defeating a Taken Elite refreshes your class ability. That's pretty specific. I, I, I don't know how helpful that is. But some of the other ones we saw, taken barrier and taken spec, taken spec was basically just more damage on a taken enemy, and that was on your gun, by the way. So you could be running transcendent blessing, which is while in the Dreaming City, you deal more damage to all targets, and then you also slap on taken spec on your gun. You're doling out quite a bit of damage, and I think that's that's a good thing. We need more, we need more of that power freedom with respect to modification. That you can really come up with some creative builds. Bower socks. What are your thoughts on age old Bond for a Titan that enjoys running two auto rifles? And what would you pair it up with? I mean, age old Bond is a slower fire rating, you know, fire rate gun. So I would try and get an ether doctor. So you have something that's really fast and something that's slower. Age Old Bond has that more rhythmic feel. It's a it's a 360 RPM. Uh, The half Dan that I'm using now is also a 360. The reason I like it is it's got great range three times rampage drop mag uh, And it's really really stable. So I actually think it's very universally effective just because of the ability to keep rampage going You don't ever really lose rampage as long as there's ads around because drop mag is So fast and there's almost no punishment for using drop mag on an auto rifle because there's just so much ammo uh, in an auto rifles reserves though no. now you know as far as if you could pair it up with a suros i don't know how good suros is at this point and horror story is 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 horror story is actually pretty good if you want a higher fire rate auto rifle i don't really know why you'd be running two auto rifles to be fair i, I don't think running two primaries is a good idea light leap how do you feel about enhanced perks being only on reverie dawn and not on the raid armor yeah i mean if if that's how it's working I think that's how it's working, right? I don't understand again what what's the thought process at Bungie, what's the what's what's the mindset behind uh, having pinnacle activities that aren't don't have pinnacle gear, and it's not even that they don't have pinnacle gear; it's that you can go into other very easy and accessible content and argue and get and get better gear. Uh, someone in chat saying enhanced perks are on the raid armor. So this is questions inaccurate. Um, so maybe you're asking, should they all, should it only be on the reverie Dawn? No, because that's not, there's no reason to limit it. So it can already drop on raid armor. Yeah. So we, we don't want to misrepresent now. Again, what did I say a little bit ago? I think that that should... There's maybe if, again, if you have curated armor that dropped in the raid, then you could have a curated armor piece that drops, and that's a reason to get excited. It's either a source for Masterwork Cores because you break it down, or maybe curated always comes with enhanced perks. So it's just stacked. It's literally a pinnacle piece of armor. So... Okay, Potter says, do you plan on posting any raid mechanic explanation videos on YouTube? I still don't quite grasp the trees and rocks room. I have a video already that explains that, and there are so many content creators that have videos that do a great job explaining those encounters, and they get 1,000 times the viewership and interaction that I do. I generally don't spend a lot of time on that. Q&A and SNTR presents gets decent engagement on YouTube. It's not amazing. I'm not a big YouTuber, but this also hits iTunes and Google Play and Spotify, so it allows me to really repurpose my content. I don't really have time to create edited, paced out, really intelligent and well instructed content like that. It just isn't. This isn't really in my purview, and it it do, it wouldn't get any more engagement than my my usual content so I have to go and invest in the in the in the pockets and the and the lanes that are the not just the easiest but the most sensible for me so SNTR presents is very it is very easy to do the structure is great we get great interaction on twitch there's demand for it on twitch and that means that I have something that appeals to a broad audience and those instructional videos Quickly have don't have an audience because people just figure it out bloom tune do you think accomplishing a petra's run should reward players with an exclusive loot um somebody was saying earlier that they weren't pleased with the fact that the solo flawless shattered throne only gave them a triumph and an emblem i would agree that emblems are hard to come out of my skin for like oh my gosh an emblem I think there's really, really room for ornamental shaders, so shaders that do something very specific. There is one shader in this game that causes a movement effect uh, when you look at it whenever it's applied to something. Now you're going to have to bear with me as I try to find it. Uh, I don't know if it's Tangled. It might be Burnished burnished Dreams. It might be the one. No that's the one from the raid it's on it's on my I have it I have it on my uh, I believe I have it on my curated vouch save. it basically has like movement on it somebody said oh blue shift dreams so let me just show you some of the potential here for the the shaders in this game because we don't I don't think we have enough of this and this is where I think you could have that sense and that feeling of accomplishment where I did this thing that was really, really difficult to do, and I am visibly different in the tower uh, instead of just are people really looking at emblems all that much when you're walking around the tower? Uh, now, when you're in orbit, sure, but again, when I'm apparently I passed it, uh... When I'm running around a public space and, or I'm walking around the tower, generally speaking, it's the last one in the open world, apparently. Oh, blue shift dreams. I've never had this drop. That's why I didn't see it. It's going to be really hard for you to see this on stream. Uh, but if you look closely at the side of his leg, there's almost like a smoky movement on his leg. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to see that that's where that's where those kind of rewards need to go right if you beat the shattered throne solo flawless you should get a shader that makes you just look absolutely amazing instead of like an emblem and an and literally it's an emblem and a and a triumph okay There needs to be something far better for that. And this is, again, in my Raid NPC talk, I talked about this. If you accomplish something really, really amazing in this game, emblems are cool, but if you make me look like I walked out of the pits of some infested, like, demon-covered place, and I got smoke or whatever just flowing off of me, you know, whatever whatever the effects you want to use... That's when people were like, yo, how did you get that? What, your gun is like, actually on fire? How did you get that? Oh, I soloed Shattered Throne. Flawless. Oh my gosh, yeah, you deserve your gun to be on fire. You, I mean, that's that's a deserved reward, right? This is another one of those areas where I, like, they have literally the means to create that kind of aesthetic value. It just isn't there. Um, So, Age of Triumph ornaments come to mind. I mean, yeah, if you go back to Age of Triumph and you look at the ornamental armor in the raids, that right there is the formula for you just did something nuts. Here's, you know, here's a reward equal to that thing that you just did. So, it took us a while to find the shader. It wasn't the best example. It's kind of hard to see on stream. So, Steph Jordan says, Raid Drops currently is a mix of year one to two exotics and raid gear only one drop per encounter do you think bungie should go back to d1 drops where you could earn multiple drops per encounter i don't know i mean you don't want to overextend your generosity because then you undercut your content if somebody just has to run the raid you know each week each day you know each week they go through and they do their resets and after like a month they're like i have literally everything I don't know if that's a good idea. It's only three runs a week, so people, you know, two or three weeks a month in, people get really mad. They're like, "I still can't get thus and so." I'm like, "Yeah, but don't you kind of want it to be that way?" If what did you want to get everything the second or third week, so you, the the content hasn't even hit its month old birthday, and you're, you're basically done with it. Like that's that's. I think sometimes we, we 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 try to we try to ask for things that end up chopping our own legs off. It's like. Content has no life or value if things aren't withheld from you. So I'm not dissatisfied with the drop rate. I think year one exotics need to get the literal frick out of the raid. I know you can get better drop, better, you know, better rolls. So if I would have gotten like a pair of God roll, you know, Orpheus rig boots or a God roll Ophidia space chest piece, I probably wouldn't have been complaining that much. But when you get like, I've seen people getting Graviton, I got Armamentarium, you know, somebody got the Merciless today. It's just like, oh, really? Gee, many Christmas. Like, year one exotic guns are a huge slap in the face, especially if you've already gotten them. Exotic armor at least can roll with a better roll. That's just, I just don't think that belongs there. Now, obviously, we're all going to be singing a different tune after the 30th of October when they make it a little more likely that you get Forsaken Exotics, because the exotic drop rate in the raid is high. Now, someone says exotic should not replace raid loot. I I kind of agree with that. Like, if you get the game, if the game shines on you and says, hey, you just got an exotic to drop, you should be able to have that drop in addition to your raid drop. I can get behind that, because it doesn't happen all that often. When it does, it shouldn't be supplanting. PhoenixCon says, "Uh, what is your opinion on the lack of hard mode last wish? Do you feel the mechanics are interesting enough to keep players raiding until the next layer? I am glad they didn't do a hard mode, because Leviathan Prestige was terrible. I've been very hard on that, deservedly so. It was bad content. I know there were streamers that were acting like it was the best thing that they had ever touched, and as soon as the, the the viewership and the relevancy went down, the truth came out, and none of them liked it, and none of them went back, and none of them rated and did it with any regularity. Kingsfall, when hard mode came out, Wrath, when hard mode came out, streamers and folks were in there for weeks because it was fun, it was enjoyable, it was a good time, and then there was obviously a reason to do it. The 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 streaming. The streaming community's opinion of Leviathan Prestige really flip-flopped. I was consistent from day 1 in calling it bad content, and then the raid layers honestly tried a new spin that wasn't well received because the raid the raid layers did curated loadouts, and curated loadouts was just another attempt to say, "Hey, welcome to the end game. Our version of making something hard is making you weak." I've, I've had it up to my nose and I, with with that being a theme for making content difficult. I just I, I am literally fed up with endgame content being that. Well, you're weaker and that's why it's hard. I mean that's just to me just an immediate yawn. That's just an immediate yawn like, okay, that's what you, that's all you got. Um, especially considering the difference between King's fall, you know hard and wrath hard was really really good differences so i'm glad they didn't go that route i really am i think the challenges are fun they're unique the morgeth fight is actually really fun doing the challenge it felt like we actually had to pay attention to what we were doing we had to kind of move around and play completely differently I really don't like the one where Shiro Chi can't shoot you. I think that's a stupid challenge. I think it's incredibly unavoidable. It's very hard to satisfy. It doesn't ever feel like you did something wrong when you fail that one. It literally feels like a cheat. Uh, and then there's obviously, like, Petra's run is supposed to be hard mode, and obviously Guitar is a huge is a huge dilemma and twice today twice we satisfied the entire riven fight and got teleported to like the black room if you do enough damage to riven you get teleported to that black smoky room and you have to like run up and around twice today people got killed by the architects whenever we got teleported into that room that is a freaking joke and should never happen I mean, it happened with the shade at Oryx. I mean, if you're literally going for a Petra's run, that's the end. I mean, obviously you got to satisfy the Queen's walk, but I mean, if you're a team that's made it that far without dying, you're probably in pretty good contention to complete it, and you can literally fail because of a glitch in their game. So they've got some things to iron out: the guitar errors, and that that teleportation kill. Those things need ironed out before we really start to say that Petromote is worth anybody's time. Because I, that, to me, is completely unacceptable to have content at that level of a degree of difficulty. I mean, imagine trying to solo Flawless the Shattered Throne, and you literally are arguably minutes from finishing it and you get guitared, or the game teleports you to the next section and then slams you into a wall and kills you. I mean, folks would be breaking controllers, and I don't think anybody would judge them for it if that happened. Xbox All Day 18. Were there any legendary raid weapons you were really or grinding for with the perfect roll? I really, I mean, Outlaw Rampage is sort of the coveted role on a lot of guns that can roll that way. I want a Warden's Law that is Outlaw Rampage. A Chattering Bone with... Outlaw Rampage, I think would be really really nice. I got the curated roll today, so I basically got 7 masterwork cores, and the reason I got 7 masterwork cores is because they the the curated roll for chattering bones makes no sense to me. It seems built for PVP. High impact reserves is not a perk worth having on your gun, and it has light mag, which I guess is okay cuz your reloads not awful. Light mag's fast and then it doesn't have outlaw it has kill clip so yeah so like with kill clip and light the kill clip kill clip and light mag just feel built for pvp and outlaw rampage feels built for pve And so that's the role I'm going for. I like having a carrot in there. That's nice. That's nice. I really do wish some of my best drops, Curated Age-Old Bond and the Curated Nation of Beasts, I really wish I could use those outside the energy slot because that just really hurts them both as weapons and as trophies because you're like, yeah, I got these, but, you know, why would I care? They're not that, you know, they're not that good to justify using in, in the energy slot next question from Billy Schultz what are your thoughts on the leaks for upcoming expansions if you haven't seen them it's no big deal just curious I don't look at leaks and here's why there's been a ton of leaks that have been wrong there's been a ton of leaks that have literally speculated at things we've all speculated at it's not hard sometimes to look at the flow of information trailers pictures it's also not hard sometimes just to look at Bungie's format and make predictions in the form of a leak, and then it comes true. I mean, over the years, I would made, I have made predictions about what they're going to do and when they're going to do it, and I could have gone to Reddit and posted it as a leak, and people would have thought I was an insider. Then I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's got inside information. He keeps, he keeps saying what's going to happen before it happens. And it would literally be only... It would literally just be me guessing and making predictions. So... I don't really look at the leaks and care much about them. Mr. Cartoon 8 says, Hey, Lono, why are some of the curated loadouts from the raid not even that good? I thought they were supposed to be the god roll versions of the gun, and I ended up dismantling most of them. Age-old Bond is worth, is worth using. Uh, age-old Bond is worth using, and the Nation of Beasts is worth using. Again, I mean, I, here, I can run, I can run a, a very untraditional loadout. I'll put on... I'll put on the the age- old bond and I'll bring over nation of Beasts, too I'll bring them over and I'll just I'll run some content with them and show you. Uh, I have to use the dust Rock blues basically if I'm gonna do this so I so I need a shotgun worth using uh, in the kinetic slot so our little question session here is getting a little interrupted with respect to what it looks like So here we go all right uh. So we'll run, we'll run a couple public events this this way. We'll run a couple public events this way and just kind of show you how these weapons are actually pretty good. Again, the dilemma is that as soon as I do this, this thing's got fourth times a charm on it. So with the 32 round clip, I mean, I was able just to kind of lay into a crowd right there and, and continue to get that to proc. And, you know, right here, it'll be even easier to kind of just light this crowd up and Feed myself a reasonable amount of ammo and because it's slower fire rate it does decent it does decent damage Like you're getting decent TTK on these guys. I'm not like struggling to kill them. now again I'm in a public space you go into a nightfall or a raid. I don't know I mean I went into the raid today with the half Dan and I didn't feel like I was nerfed to any degree this is where things are going to fall apart for you, though. Because now I've taken off my EP shotgun, which means I have to actually fight this guy instead of just melting-pointing him and then baking him with the Escalation Protocol shotgun. So now i got to put melting point on him and then navigate getting 1K voices on him. So the fight took a little bit longer. We got pushed off the point, and it slowed things down a little bit. Again, this is a problem with the setup of having to use a primary as an energy weapon if i could put on this gun as a kinetic that would keep it that would keep me probably in a better situation because then i could continue using escalation protocol shotgun and not feel like i'm nerfing my load loadout. people are like well lono you can literally run whatever you want why does it matter well it, again, I'm always going to come back to the fact that it matters with respect to incentivization. Why should I be going into endgame content and getting gear that's supposed to be pinnacle gear? Again, I'm using Joe Blackburn's argumentation to say I've invested time. To- I've invested time in the endgame, and I'm worthy of feeling powerful. Well, if I'm worthy of feeling powerful, why do I not feel powerful when I I actually get the thing? That I'm trying to get. Right? I, I'm, I'm in a raid. I'm trying to get raid gear. And once I get it. And I equip it. I actually don't feel powerful. I I, I feel I feel weaker. That's an end game incentivization problem. It's just weird. Imagine being like. Yeah you got a fate bringer. And people being like. Yeah that's weak. There's a hand cannon you can get over here. That's, that's better. Or just as good. Mayhem in the buildings. Thank you sir Mayhem Show for two months of subs. You'd welcome back. So, it's not that the weapons are bad. It's just where they ended, where they ended up. It just it makes no sense. Again, I mean, look at the range on this thing. I know I'm in a I know I'm in a public space, but I mean, th- th- this thing is able to hit pretty good crit and target acquisition from far away. Now, obviously, I don't. It's it's got a counterbalance stock on it, and that's helpful. And it's got rampage. So, the the it's again, it's not that these weapons are bad. It's just that it forces you to run such a such a wonky. Such a wonky loadout and that's that's one of the issues um people need to understand that endgame content from six months ago is no longer end game content right and i would say people need to understand that end game content from thir- 13 months ago is no longer end game content the sins of the past from leviathan and the midnight coup hand cannon are still Pinnacle weapons beyond the weapons that you can get in the raid. Now you can get, like I said, you can get a Chattering Bones to drop with uh, Rampage Outlaw, and then you could feel like, oh wow, this is worth using. But then you've really only kind of matched. Now obviously that's that's preference, right? Because you may think Pulses of the Bomb, and you're like, I'm not matching the Midnight Coup. I'd rather use this over the Midnight Coup but with respect to power, you have just matched it. You haven't done anything extraordinary. See, again, Outlaw with Dragonfly just feels kind of nice. This is a solid little gun. Um, Sins is outclassed easily now. Well, Sins is not outclassed by the raid rocket launcher is my point, Eugene. I'm not saying that Sins is pinnacle across the board. I'm saying Sins as a rocket launcher is at least at a ground level. A, a pinnacle a pinnacle weapon and the rocket launcher in the Last Wish raid is a pile of garbage. It just feels odd to me. I just don't think you should be able to you should ever, ever, ever be able to grind for endgame gear and say it's crap. That's just, oh, that's just weird. That's just super weird. They, they should be they should be god tier weapons at the very least in their archetype. At the very least they should be god tier in their archetype. And so the 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 guns themselves and the curated roles on them, I mean, again, the the scout is a scout and the curated role on shattering bones doesn't make any sense, but the nation of beasts, nation of beasts and the age old bond are actually pretty solid weapons. It just ends up making your loadout feel really, really strange. Like even if I take off this dust rock blues we can take off the dust rock blues and put on i got some pretty good supremacies this last time um i don't actually know if any of them are worth using i also have a snapshot outlaw accurize round long shadow long shadow has an impact of 70 so i don't know if that's worth using i mean i don't know if in pve content i'm ever going to be in a place where i'm like let me bust this bad boy out. I mean it's 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 got snapshot uh, and it's 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 a high impact, but I, I don't even know. I, I just it's really, really easy to close space with a shotgun and snipers just have never felt very good. Uh see Rodriguez. To possibly make the loot better out of the raid, do you think they should add curated armor rolls or possibly have curated roll for every weapon in the raid? Every weapon does have a curated roll, and I already made an argument for curated armor rolls, so you're 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 right on track with where I'm where I'm kind of headed and what I think would make the raid loot significantly better than it is. Xbox all day, do you wish there were more there was more loot so that it would take over old gear? We don't necessarily need more loot in quantity, we need better loot. So if there was just more now there is an absence of raid gear again you know there's no there's no shotgun there's no grenade launcher you know there's raid loot missing and that's something that I would love to see improved and I know they're gonna dump they're gonna dump the missing r- guns in the uh, they're gonna dump them in the the raid layers so but I just feel like a raid should be complete. There should be tons of tons. All the guns represented. They should all be archetypal, uh, pinnacle within their archetype. And, um, that would, that would make the grind better as well. Cause you're like, I still haven't gotten the best version of this rocket launcher. What do you want that for within this archetype? It's the best version. You know, I, I, this is the best version of a rocket launcher. And that is that is a great great grind then because you can always kind of feel like you know I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for that it's not it's not uh, it's not a weapon that I'll use a lot but if rocket launchers get into a good place or if there's content where rocket launchers are seen as King, I want the best rocket launcher you know dethrone the lion. What are new weapon perk ideas you would like to see? Maybe precision kills grant faster fire rate perk. There's a lot they could do to bring that style to the game more. I think for both SMGs and auto rifles, there could be good sustained damage perks because whenever you use those weapons, whenever you use those weapons, you, you tend to feel like you're shooting. You're not shooting lot of damage you're just kind of picking at things and kind of keeping them keeping things at bay almost now if you run the right auto rifle and you hit your shots it can do pretty well but like i've suggested an smg there needs to be energy versions of smgs what if you could go into every smg and toggle it to energy where you you cut its you cut its ammo reserves in half and all of its damage goes up and then you would start looking for maybe again. There could be cooler perks on SMGs, sustained damage. Like if you if you manage to dump eighty, to, like let's say ninety percent of the clip. If ninety percent of the clip, uh, you know, applies damage to an to an ad. So let's say this boss pops out or any boss pops out, and I just let loose with my SMG and I just dump it into him. Again, I'm taking the risk of getting very very close. After 90% of the clip does damage, you would get like this retroactive explosion, like the gu- the bullets would basically cover him, you could kind of see them, kind of like the Telesto, there'd be like an effect so you would know they were on there, and once you hit 90% accuracy, then it would, it would cause this crazy big explosion so you'd get extra damage again, rewarding people for, rewarding people for, for skill. Now, somebody might say, well, an SMG's not hard to dump into their, into their belly. Okay, maybe 60 to 70% and they need to be crits. So you're just ripping with this SMG and you're really focused on getting crits. And as long as you get like a 60 to a 70% crit, all of a sudden it would be like delayed payload, right? You'd see all these like little barbs on the enemy and then, Boom! And then suddenly you're like, hey, this SMG if used properly is actually a little bit better than the Icolos shotgun, or it's as good as the Icolos shotgun, and suddenly you start unseating you start unseating the 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 God tier untouchable weapons. You know, it's like, well, yeah, I don't I don't run that anymore, and here's why. You know, I, I, I run this SMG because it's got this new it's got this new you know persistent damage perk or something like that you know so like a needler kind of like a needler but again it would only proc it if you actually landed enough like enough of them would need to land close together you could even maybe maybe attach some lore to it or something i don't know like you could call it like infection blast and if enough of them land in close together they kind of all touch each other and then poof, they cause this like webbing you know of an explosion same you could do something very similar you could do something very very similar with auto rifles as long as you land enough um, enough crit hits with an auto rifle again forcing you to really go for the auto rifles that shoot stable counterbalance mods etc and if you're able to maintain crit damage then you're you know you're you're able to to get a crazy amount of damage from a gun that typically isn't isn't a high damage weapon well, oh, you're gonna break PvP. I, have, I don't. I don't give a frick. Like, make it only apply to enemies of the darkness or something. You know, or or maybe make it only apply to, you know, non non guardian combatants or something. I mean I just don't understand why anybody would use a sniper rifle I mean it's just I'm just picking at this guy this is supposed to be this is supposed to be a hard-hitting weapon it's in the kinetic slot it's got higher impact than the than the supremacy and I am just I'm not I mean now maybe if you had one of the ones that has the perk that refills from rapid hits but I'm freaking tickling this guy I'm I'm tickling him I can kill him faster with a non-Ikalash shotgun. I just, snipers are just butt cheeks. They need to fix them. They need to make them significantly stronger in PVE. I don't care if you're like, oh, it's so strong. Listen, if you're gonna defend Ikalash shotgun, then you can defend fusions and snipers not being garbage. You can make them really strong. If Ikalash shotgun is like allowed in the game, right? That level of damage from a legendary weapon is allowed in the game. Then for frick's sake, put it on other guns. Oh, everything's too weak now. Oh, really? That's interesting. Just a second ago, Ikelos' shotgun was totally fine, but if suddenly fusions and snipers are that strong, suddenly everything's too weak. But it's okay that Ikelos is that strong? Like, really, really think about that for a minute. I mean, I th- you either need to raise everything or equi- create some equilibrium or some perks or something to make snipers and fusions worthwhile. I was tickling that guy, and he's a public event boss. He's a public event boss. He, that, that guy should have been dead from two clips. Maybe, maybe, you know, snipers and fusions need to be strong. Yeah. And and again, if you make snipers and fusions match Ike and lethality, you've got to again, then look at the power weapons. Like where do power weapons fall in, in, in the damage structure? Cause then you're going to have fusions and snipers outpacing exotic power weapons. Is that where we want to take the game? I had a great idea last night on the podcast where I said, arguably, if you think about damage to a boss, pellets from a shotgun, they should kind of be chuckling at you. You wouldn't use a 22 rifle on an elephant. It's a big, giant animal with really thick skin. A boss is a big, giant, heavily armored enemy that shouldn't be susceptible to damage from shotgun pellets. They should be kind of chuckling at you, like, what are you tickling with me right now, right? So shotguns, if you just made them do less damage to bosses, they would be perfect. They're perfect for majors. They're perfect for for shield pops. They're perfect for mini guys like that. Just, like, go up there and boom, just barrel stuff that guy, you know? They're great for that. But a a boss, a boss should be chuckling at a shotgun, like, what are you shooting me with right now? Oh, pellets? (laughs) Haha, that's funny. Just like an elephant would be like, what's tickling me right now? Oh, a 22 rifle? That's not a weapon built to penetrate, you know, my skin or my armor, so... I think that shotguns is if you took them down in lethality against bosses like the highest the highest level enemies in the game, right? Not not a not a major. I'm not talking majors. I'm not talking shield enemies. I'm talking like an actual boss with a name. Then it would put things in a little bit better place and then you could raise fusions and snipers to maybe Right, like a sniper is not going to be good against a major. You're going to be like, oh, the majors get too close to you. If there's a bunch of majors in a nightfall, just use your shoddy. But if there's if there's environments where there's less majors and there's more opportunities to get those really really nice precision shots with a sniper, suddenly the sniper is starting to pull ahead against a boss. Why? Because you're landing shots that are harder to hit. Crits on a boss are way harder to hit than barrel stuffing them with with Ikelos. So. That's another, I don't know if I want to make another Icolos video and, and, and pull the fire of the Destiny community down on my head again, but I think you could make a pretty strong case for shotguns just shouldn't be pinnacled boss damage weapons. You know, you'd have to draw a line between bosses, like technically the knights in the vault are bosses. Yeah, and I'd be okay with the knights, if you think about how the knights in the vault show up rhythmically, I'd be okay if people really, really felt like, man, I I have to use a super on that guy, I have to use a powerful weapon on that guy, because they're a rhythmic threat. They're a rhythmic threat in the vault that are done away with as easy as basically everything else, all you gotta do is, is trench barrel them, you know? Now, if you had to be like, no, save your blade barrage, save your tether, save your whatever, that's how a raid fight's supposed to go. The pinnacle pain point is supposed to be dealt with by the pinnacle power delivery system, and that's not what's happening. Oh, wow. The most threatening part of the fight comes out. Icolos. You know? The most threatening part of the fight, right? In in Oryx. Ogres. Kill them fast. T- you know the, the the double bubble at the top with weapons and blessing and use touch of malice. We ended up using sleeper. Oh no! Here comes the Lady eater knights. Get out your sniper rifle. And if you're really really good, you were rewarded with a kill shot. That's that made sense, right? A sniper was in a good position there. That's how it should function in that in that in that situation. Snipers don't have footing like that, and they could. And a shotgun just is so universally effective, it's like it it, it, meets, it meets the pinnacle pain points way too easily. It just does. Barrel stuffing is not difficult to do. It's not hard to close space and cancel knockback. It just isn't. It's literally the easiest thing to do in Destiny. Shooting all four knights with my black spindle, I felt like a god. Why? That's not easy to do. Barrel stuffing a knight as he slowly saunters toward a plate and doesn't even acknowledge my existence... Like, woo, you're really stretching me as a player. Dado could probably do that blindfolded. All you gotta do is point him in the right direction. <laughs> Mac 2099. Does anyone know if the raid armor can also roll with enhanced perks or other perks? Yeah, we already answered this. Yeah, they can roll with the enhanced perks. I get too hard. Do you think the raid armor should have raid-specific perks similar to Leviathan's, or should have an extra perk slot option? One of them. One of them. Uh, but yeah, sure. Do something, cause there's nothing there right now. You know, I'm. Who's running? I, I'm running. The only reason I'm running this pat, this this great, this great hunt, is because it's got special ammo and unfl- unflinching linear fusion. Honestly, I should be running unflinching. Uh, I should probably be running a different chest piece, to be honest. If any of these have, uh, is it, what am I running on here? Special? Yeah, I mean, I could run this special here, and oh, that's unflinching on a sniper. If any of these have unflinching weapons that I'm actually using, that's a scout rifle. That doesn't help. I don't really need unflinching fusion because I'm using the 1K voices. So, I mean, arguably, even the, even the chest piece that I'm wearing from the raid, there's not a whole lot of reason to wear it. It just isn't. So, um, yeah, I they they gotta add something. I'm not I'm not gonna be too picky. Just add something to make them unique, strong, or, or at least better in the raid itself. Uh, Milky, I disagree with how disappointing you feel the weapons are. I feel that the pulse, auto, hand cannon, and bow are all good to great weapons. Could your feelings be due to most of these weapons being in the energy slot more than them simply being bad weapons? I mean, you said good to great. I'm not going to dispute good. As I said, and you might have asked this after I kind of qualified it, it's not that the weapons are particularly bad, especially this one. I mean, this one, if if you can get this to roll with Outlaw Rampage, it's probably really fun. I would probably want to continue running with Dragonfly, just because I think Dragonfly is cool. It feels cool. I don't need Rampage. You don't need Rampage. Dragonfly is pretty dadgum cool is you get those guys to kind of stun and then you can start rolling on them. Like you can just consistently hit crits because they're all they're all coming off the stun. That's arguably maybe as beneficial as Rampage given that a lot of the times you're not shooting ads that are particularly challenging. So I'm not going to dispute that they're good weapons, right? My argument Um My argument is more that they should be great. They should be undeniably great. And again, I think that they in, in defense of the raid team, when they made these weapons, they may not have had a full grasp on just how how much of a, an anchor and a detriment energy weapons that are primaries were going to feel like, right? So, and again, as I argued yesterday, I do not think anybody can make a definitive argument or a strong argument that giving us a kinetic weapon that has an element on it that isn't going to break anything oh match game just make match game as a multiplier give a give less of a bonus that's all you got to do if you make match game pay out less of a bonus because it's significantly easier to deal with guess what you get to do you get to add more to the game anytime you get to add more to the game that's a good thing right you can add rainbow burn because there's currently no rainbow burn Prism suddenly gets a lot more fun, right? Prism would then be a really, really fun because you'd have all you know all three you could you could, if you were smart, have all three elements, you know, represented. So we would have things added to the game and we could move them. As soon as you do that, then my only real beef with the raid is the rocket launcher, the scout rifle, and the lack of raid specific perks. So if you suddenly let me do that like shift things around, I would be I would be very very happy, but I would still feel like the raid guns should feel stronger in the raid, armor should make you feel stronger in the raid, like raid armor, and that is is isn't just a missing feature. I believe it's a detriment to raid loot incentive. Raid loot incentive should make someone feel like I'm not just a better raider now, I'm a stronger raider now. And in the past that's what those that's what those perks and those benefits did oracle disruptor you you could sense a difference you could and you felt like a stronger raider because of it so prism isn't a thing anymore except uh, in prestige layers is it can't prism show up uh in a heroic story no not a heroic can it show up in a heroic adventure still prism Maybe not. Maybe not. But again, br- bring back Prism. If you if you suddenly give the player the option to have three weapons, with an, each weapon having an element on it, you you just gave me, you just you literally just gave me a reason uh, to enjoy Prism. Because right now it's like a, a, a Prism Prism is is ugh, like, well I don't want to mess with Prism. Like Prism's annoying uh, for the most part. So again you could bring something back that that presently uh, presently isn't there um, you know and you could masterwork this for range I don't know if this is even a decent gun I don't know if the I don't know if the 10 paces is even worth using with its base stats Taxman do you think random rolls devalued raid weapons Fadebringer was Fadebringer because it was a unique weapon only hand cannon with firefly instantly making it part of the destiny player I mean you're touching it something that's lacking but you do have as milky already pointed out you've got the curated roles you have the the tyranny of heaven and the 1k voices You've you've definitely got some guns that Should really get people's attention But this is where I think the curated roles should have they could have taken what I've been saying and pushed it even further You know a curated role should a curated role should feel really really strong and it should feel like wow that not only is this a curated role but this curated role has you know it has a uh, it has a unique perk on it or maybe the raid perk is better on the curated role maybe it's a little bit stronger i don't know Th- there's potential again to drill down and say put more value on the end game pinnacle gear Dimco 300. Lono, do you think Bungie splitting raid weapons across raid layers is an issue? I do. I do. Um, And here's why. There's not really a reason to say, and this again is where raid perks could be a huge benefit. Uh, Let's say you put something in the raid layer that everybody's kind of going after and everybody kind of wants. Well then when you do that you've got a situation for people saying i'm gonna go in there and raid a lot i want to kind of chase that maybe you know put it as a low drop rate or something and if you leaned into raid perks in, in in a more robust way than they than they have then getting a whole new swath of raid guns would have some purpose behind it instead of just being like well we could add a bunch of new raid guns but they would basically just be replicate you know replicas of a lot of what's already in the game because you're basically you're not getting anything new it would just be another hand cannon that could potentially roll with outlaw rampage it would just be another pulse now at a ground level the very very first thing it could do is just create alternate versions of everything not alternate but like well if we do an energy auto rifle in the main raid Do a kinetic auto-rifle in the first raid layer. Do a kinetic hand cannon. Just change the slot they're in and change the perks. Add raid perks. Again, oh wow, this perk makes me stronger in the raid layer. Nice. So when I'm in here, contextual power. Ding, 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 ding. Something I've talked about a lot. You suddenly have an incentive to not just get the guns, but use the guns. So again, you don't just feel like I'm better at the raid layer now. It's I'm more powerful in the raid layer now as a reward for know playing the content so see a geek um and that that's something that i believe the content's in dire need of i think every planet i think every planet should have a reason to potentially get guns and armor from that planet uh because then and this is where loadouts would need to come in you know because people like i don't want to switch all my gear every single time if you could easily go into the menu and switch your 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 loadout to the loadout for nessus or to the loadout for mercury or whatever you just set it up to where when that strike shows up you're you you run that loadout well then now you've got a ridiculous amount of loot to chase oh i don't have time to chase all that well then don't you don't have to it would just make you feel stronger in those areas and then that means if a player gets a pinnacle weapon they're like oh this is a really really dope hand cannon that i just got on this uh it's pretty strong, they're happy with it because it's pretty much good anywhere. But the hardcore player's like, nah, dude, I'm going for the hand cannon on every planet because I want them all to roll like this, and the reason I want them all is whenever I grind strikes, no matter what strike shows up, I can swap my loadout, and I've got guns and gear built for that planet. Then you give the raid the exact same treatment. You you feel stronger in the raid with the raid gear. Uh, I get too hard. Do you think triumphs and titles We're oversold by Bungie. Grinding Triumphs was cool for a couple days, but since then, it's just been an afterthought. Other than the score, there's nothing worth doing them for. Well, you're you're basically just betraying the fact that it doesn't matter to you. And that's fine. It's 100% fine. Triumphs and titles don't matter to me either, so you and I are similar in that regard. But the player that's like, nah, dude, I'm going for it. I'm going for Dredgen. I'm going for whatever. That's something I want to go after. That carrot matters to a certain style of player. And I've defended the titles and the triumphs for this reason. I've said, listen, there's a broad spectrum of player, and the most ardent, most hardcore player is actually incentivized by stuff like that. The more mid-tier player, the more non-hardcore player may say, nah, dude, I'm not going for that stuff. Why would I go for that stuff? You know? I think, I think... That's the setup you want. You have a spectrum of content to where the casual player, and not even casual, maybe just a player that loves Destiny and would consider themselves pretty hardcore, but they only have a couple hours a night. They feel like they can boot up and get stuff done. They can chase gear. They can have a good time. But then the really, really hardcore player doesn't feel like, dude, there's literally nothing for me to do. They get to the point where they're like, okay, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. Let's go after that title. Let's go after. Let's go after this thing over here. And you know, I want to get, I want to get this role on that, this gun, whatever. Like that's that's when the game, I think, gets into a special place because then people feel like their time is being honored, right? I put in two hours. The next guy next to me puts in 8 hours, and both of them end their play session and feel like, sweet, that was worth my time. I got some points toward my grind for Broadsword Lunas or or Not Forgotten. Sweet, dope, I'm a little bit closer to that title. Oh sweet, I got some pretty cool loot today. I got my power to move a little bit. Those were some fun strikes with my buds. I finally got one or two of the encounters of the raid done. Like, people all along the spectrum are finding things to do. I've been arguing more for the back half lately. People give me a hard time. They're like, why are you so concerned about the fact that, you know, the hardcore players are running out of stuff to chase, you know, stop arguing for the hardcore player. First of all, we're the reason Forsaken exists. So know your frickin' role if you don't mind me putting you in your place for just a second. Don't try and scold me as the hardcore player for arguing for hardcore sentimentality when our sentimentality brought this game out of the fire because we fought for more depth and more things that mattered and the casualification almost killed this game. So understand your role in the, the, the almost downfall of the franchise, okay? If you're heavily casual and you hate anybody arguing for, for hardcore sentimentality, You don't understand what happened to this game with Forsaken and who really heavily contributed to it because it certainly wasn't casual players crying for ease of accessibility or asking for things like clan engrams, okay? So I'm always going to gut check people like that. You don't even really understand what you're saying if you're trying to like stop me from arguing for the hardcore player. So slow down just a second. The reason I argue for the hardcore player is you're going to end up where I am one way or the other. Maybe it happens in November. Maybe it happens in December, right? Whenever it happens, whenever maybe the annual past content lands in December and you finally get to the point where you're like, yeah, man, a lot of this year one gear is just still better than pretty much everything I can chase, right? You're going to get to that point eventually. So I'm not just arguing for myself. I'm arguing for you too. You just don't realize it yet, right? I argued for this game to have depth and and more done to it for for 10 months, for 9 months, right? So if you're booting up the game and you're like, man, there's dope stuff to do in here, keep in mind, I argued for you and myself for 9 or 10 months. So try not to get so scoldy of the players that you consider to be more hardcore or more apt to complain. We're, we're the ones that, that that trudge ahead of you and learn, like, the pitfalls, the glitches, the problems, the frustrations, the people that are going for Petra's run in the raid are beating their head against a wall that you probably never will have to because they got there first and discovered the glitches, etc. If I to get there ahead of you and discover vacancies and problems and deficiencies in the game's design and I expose those, I'm not necessarily arguing for the entire game to be turned into an absolute slog grind, you know, nothing to be easy, nothing to be fun, that's not what I'm doing. I want longevity. I don't want you to land in November or December and feel like, what the frick is the point in playing everything from year one is still the best. I don't want anybody to feel that way, that's not good for the franchise, that's not good for future sales, that's not good for player engagement numbers, that isn't good for anybody. Right? It's not. oh, you're just a streamer. You're just arguing for your stream. Uh, nah, not at all. My stream actually did great with the vacancy of content because all the other people leave the directory and then I get more exposure and then I get to create more content talking about the game's deficiencies. I actually, <laughs> I actually do very well when the game's in bad shape, to be quite honest. I do better when the game's in bad shape. So I'm not necessarily just arguing for my stream here. Um... He did a follow up in chat. Follow up could triumphs be the answer to the missing PVE versions of Redrick's Lunas? Well, I mean, they're not necessarily the answer, home slice, because you can do that for PVP too. I, I, I want there to be that long-term carrot, like a, like a not forgotten, like a Lunas, like a broadsword. I want that in PVE. Where is that? That doesn't exist, and it needs to. Now, that doesn't mean Bungie looked at PVE and said, "Now nah, we don't care." a lot of times they're experimenting. So if you think about, if you think about the not forgotten, if you think about the Lunas, if you think about the broadsword, some of that's experimentation. Like the dust settled. Nobody's really raging and throwing their hands in the air about the Lunas I'm um, sorry, the, the Redrix Claymore. Does anybody remember the Redrix Claymore now? Probably not. Everybody's talking about the Broadsword, right? Everybody was all up in arms about that, but the Redrix Claymore was an experiment, and they learned from that experiment, and they changed their approach this time around, and their, the, the deviation and approach did really frustrate people. Um, and I, I understand why, but now that they've kind of learned that Lunas Howl not forgotten and and grinds like that are p- are things that people are really really going to lean into and the PvE guys are saying hey we want something like that too well we just might get it in the future they might say yeah give us a minute that's we 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 learned this is pretty dope people really like it you know it it takes a while it's a good long-end game grind it's quite a bit more exciting than a freaking title right and so i trust that i honestly trust that we're going to see we're going to see more of that was that supposed to be 1k voices 1k voices is rng though dimco it eh. This is where a Raid NPC is the answer to a lot of this, right? What if 1K Voices was where it was, but what if there was a really, really stupidly awesome legendary shotgun that was better than the Ikalos, right? Let's imagine that Ikalos wasn't as strong as it is, because it is a little bit too strong, and if you make something, if you make another shotgun stronger than it, you're gonna break the dadgum game. Or maybe it's an exotic power weapon that's a shotgun that's better than the Ikalos. I could get behind that, right? It's a power weapon, okay? Well, they could, they could attach that to a raid NPC with a season-long grind, where you got to grind a ton of raids, you got to do a ton of challenges and bounties, and then all of a sudden you finally hit that rank and you're able to go grab that sucker. You know, and maybe it doesn't even have to be exotic. I'm just giving an example, something like Lunas Hal Not Forgotten. A, a raid NPC is a perfect answer to that. The comp grind for those guns has its counterpart, I believe, in a raid NPC with a season-long loot grind. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see something like that in the future. I just think, again, it was a bit of an experiment. Wish Ender? Uh, maybe. Again, Wish Ender's not a long grind. You just do the, the throne twice. <laughs> like, that's it. You just do the throne twice in like a couple of... We didn't even do that much, did we? And the Wish Ender's not even that good it's not even that good and it, again it's not a season long grind it's not a long effort it was like you, could, you, when the Shattered Throne shows up you have to Wish Ender that week see what I'm saying X Cube 420 I have noticed that there has not been any max rate of fire exotic pulse rifles in Destiny history do you think Bungie cannot make one that will not become overpowered Um, I, I don't know what you mean by max fire rate if you're talking about, like, Grasp of Malak archetype, I'm going to assume that's what you mean because that and the Clever Dragon were insanely fast. I don't think you can get any stronger than that or any, I'm sorry, any faster than that. Maybe. I mean, if that's what you're saying, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine what an exotic version of the Clever Dragon or the Grasp of Malak would have looked like. Uh, <laughs> those guns, those guns were, were very nice. Um, and, well, and Eugene's bringing up the Vigi Wing, I, Vigiwing would be the closest thing to it, and Vigiwing was arguably busted, now it's not quite as good as it used to be, just because of, you know, the the nature of crucibles changed up a little bit, so Vigiwing isn't as dominant, it's still an amazing weapon, you can still shred people to ribbons with it, it just isn't as prevalent, it's kind of gotten unseated, because most people, honestly when I play now, most people just abandon primary gunfights, they don't want to get in them, they just run away. And it's easier to run away and just wait for power or your super to show up. Uh, or just use your shotgun. You know, primary ammo fights are going way, way down. Because they're they're harder. They're a whole lot e- and they're very, very easy to avoid. So, uh, I put says in this is a solution to the efficiency of raid weapons to go back to the end of D1. Where energy primaries sat in the primary slot as exotics i don't think so and here's why having an element on your primary is not worthy of 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 an exotic title Uh, in large respect it wasn't worthy of it in d1 either if we're honest nostalgia drove the grind everybody wanted to get their fate bringer back their vision of confluence back was more driven by nostalgia than actual power because you're going to put on that fate bringer and you got to unseat dark drinker, you got to unseat sleeper, galley, spindle, etc. They were not worthy of exotic. They were only exotic because they wanted to nerf you if in fact you got an elemental primary back out. And some of that was them just not wanting to concede that an elemental primary wouldn't hurt the game. It just wouldn't. Um I, I, I still uh, truly believe and truly stand by the idea that adding an element to the kinetic weapons wouldn't hurt anything. Now obviously you have to change the way damage is dealt because currently kinetic weapons do more damage to non-shielded enemies and that would you know that that structure of damage would need to be tweaked. but that that's an overreaction in my opinion if you finally decide to give us elements on our on our quote unquote primary or kinetic slot. We have elemental primaries. No we don't. We have energy weapons that don't function as, as well as a primary weapon in the kinetic slot because you lose the crit you lose crit damage in the crit multiplier and you do less damage to people that aren't shielded. So it functions less as a primary weapon when you do that, less efficiently at least. Borquin. What do you think needs to be done about macros, specifically AFK macros? My bro moved to PC when AFK on a Titan uh, near the public event spawn and hit 500 level 50 in 48 hours without playing any story. Um, I mean, uh, here's the thing. I want it to be dealt with. I just don't know if it's worth Bungie's energy right now. I hate it. I wish it wasn't a thing if it could be detected then people should be getting a one-week ban a 7 to a 14-day ban if 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 people if people are caught definitively undeniably right using like a macro he did it the slow way well that's not necessarily the slow way because if you do that while while you're at work and can't play and you can only play for a couple hours a day that's faster for him in his context right Sure, if you grind out 48 hours, you could get way, way higher than he did. Keep in mind, he did it while, you know, working a double shift at Kmart or sleeping, right? Nothing wrong with working at Kmart. I just threw out a location. So, if you get undeniably and definitively caught using a macro in Gambit, Strikes, whatever, I 7 to 14 day ban. I, that'll teach you. That'll teach you. Oh, I was going to I was going to play this weekend and really really grind it out and I decided to cheat like a douchebag so that I could get free ranks in strikes or free gear or free whatever. Well, screw you, bud. You can't play for 2 weeks. That'll teach you like to ruin other people's experiences to take a shortcut. Again, I'm going to come back to my original statement though. I really really don't know if that's something they want to spend time doing. Someone in chat saying it's 100% detectable. They choose not to ban people, just like they did not ban Prime Ingram exploiters. They will not ban them. It's bad for business. Okay. Prime Ingram was something they specifically spoke to in a blog, though. They specifically spoke to it and said it's not an exploit. It was, li- it, it, well, I mean, I guess you could say it was an exploit. They didn't say it was an exploit, and they said it would shortchange your stuff. They basically put in an intrinsic punishment in the game, right? That punishment turned out to not be all that punishing, honestly. I didn't notice anything, and I did it. And to a certain respect, some of the people that did it honestly just caught up to with what they were supposed to be getting anyway. If you took four days off, and you did the Prime Engram farm, and you got six or seven Prime Engrams, you were barely ahead of your average. You're supposed to get one per day. So, I mean, a lot of the people that did it weren't even getting significantly far ahead from the pacing. That is a false equivalency. That is nowhere near somebody using a macro to not play at all. Um, so, if they can absolutely detect macros and they're choosing not to ban, that to me is frustrating. At the very least, then, if Bungie's concerned about player engagement or pushing people away, here's my response to that, okay? My response to that is, I would, if I was Bungie, I would care a metric ton more for the people actually playing your dadgum game than the stupid douche using a macro to get free loot. I would care a whole lot more about the guy who's putting in a couple hours and playing and he's getting frustrated by the macro user. If the macro user throws his hands up at a 48 hour ban and is like, screw this game, I'm not playing anymore, good. That's called a purification mechanic, you're purifying the player pool and that's better for the engaged player base because if the macro thing becomes more problematic i'm hearing about this more than ever by the way in the history of having discussions about destiny i've never heard this much about it strikes gambit everywhere if they're really concerned with that guy or that girl no longer playing the game and being like well i got banned i'm done and they're worried about player engagement I think they're looking through the wrong end of the telescope. I mean, you're you're thinking you're you're prizing the wrong player. You are prizing the wrong player. And if I was in charge, I'd be slamming these guys with a 24, then a 48, then a, then a week long. Like I would not hold back. I'd make it very clear too. Like you are hurting the experience of other people, so your experience is going to be justly harmed as well. You can't frickin' play. these people are trying to have fun they're trying to relax like that's what video games are supposed to be all about and you are diminishing and harming just like when you cheat in pvp right diminishing and harming their experience so that you can cheat and take a shortcut so purifying the player pool purifying the player pool somebody said say that three times fast um oh that's where I would land on prioritization if they're again if they're more concerned with uh if they're more concerned with people that you know are using macros leaving I don't give two fricks if they stop playing good go the frick somewhere else and play a different game you know if that's not diplomatic and that's not good for your player base sorry that's my that's my attitude on it because you know, people using macros to skate in PvP, same deal. That, that That's banned. You should get... That's bannable. That's no... That's that's in the same frickin' ballpark as an aimbot. It is external. It is an external software. It's something outside of the game giving you a measurable advantage in the game. Whether it's aim, speed, movement, anything. You're using something outside the game for an advantage. That is cheating. It, it will never not be cheating. You know, I don't care if... Oh, you can use macros in World of Warcraft. Yeah, that's a sanctioned thing inside the game. Or at least if it's outside the game, it's approved and allowed. It's not anywhere near the same as how it's being used in Destiny. So. Son of a Bastion says, wasn't the point of locking EP Shoddy to Solar in order to limit its uber status? Uh, A match game type encounter with void arc shields would make it null. Same with Whisper more creative encounters means those weapons can stay ultimate solar right but here's the problem they're they've never really built bosses in that way you're kind of leaning on what i'm talking about like just make bosses take less damage just make bosses take less damage from you know from shotguns you know why not? Why, why not make bosses take less damage from shotguns? It's it's not a weapon, like, it's an easily justified thing. You could say, they're pellets. They're pellets designed to shred through enemies at close range, and a boss is a heavily armored enemy that resists those pellets, cause they're small and he's big. And because he's big, you gotta get out a big gun, power weapon, super, etc. The hierarchy of power lands on the hierarchy of the enemies trash ads shielded majors and majors and bosses you have three weapons you know for that reason so now as far as being like let's create more unique encounters add with shields and do this and do that and do all this stuff you're talking about completely changing the nature of the boss fights and the engagements and the fights and the ads and the ad saturation and the presence of shields because of one weapon you know I don't know I... I, why, nerf if anything, the game when the game is fine, I would argue that saying the game is fine is almost an untenable assertion because there's always room to improve. There's always faulty things. There's glitches. There's bugs. There's things that aren't working right. Um, there's always things that can be improved upon and tweaked. And and I don't I don't think arguing for more balance or at the very least more weapon viability is is a wrong thing. If you're okay with guns from Vanilla D2, Curse of Osiris, and Warmind, if you're okay with those weapons permeating forever, fine. Like, that's your choice as a player. I happen to think you want the future content to have loot value, because right now, we're losing a lot of loot value by letting these weapons stay at the top of the pyramid, and... If you're going to let them stay at the top of the pyramid, at least let them be joined arm-in-arm with other weapons as well. Uh, Mac 2099. In terms of overall damage potential uh, and not DPS, do you agree that every weapon should have the same overall damage potential? Here's what I mean. A scout can do 100,000 damage using the full ammo capacity. Then a hand cannon needs the same amount of ammo to reach 100,000 total also thoughts. That doesn't work, dude. That's not how weapon design works. Um, the reason that's not how weapon design works is because if, like, let's say the same amount of ammo, you you know, from a, from a hand cannon to get there as a scout, well, what do you do with a gun that shoots way faster? Right? If you want 100 bullets from an auto rifle, a hand cannon, and a scout, the 100 bullets are equal, Well, then everybody's just going to pull out the auto rifle that shoots as fast as Frick because you're going to get to 100 bullets faster. That's not how weapon damage works. Right? DPS refers to damage per second, meaning when you take the mathematical equation of how fast the gun shoots, multiplied by the damage of each individual bullet, uh, as well as somewhere in there you have to equate how quickly the gun can be reloaded so that you're you're continuing damage beyond just that first initial clip that's how you get damage per second right like how much damage can this thing do in the course of 10 seconds right that's and then every second in that 10 second is your DPS like that's how weapon damage is measured weapon damage isn't measured by basically being like every weapon is basically equal as long as you shoot the same number of bullets. Um, so, you know, using the full ammo capacity of a scout and then a hand cannon to do the same amount of damage would mean you would just go with whatever shoots the fastest because then you would get to that point quicker and therefore you would have an automatically quicker DPS slow firing anything would get left behind immediately. Juice box. Sorry if this has been addressed. I'm a lone Lurker. I know you aren't a fan of re rolling, but I really wish Bungie would bring back the Wrath re roll system for raid gear. I hate getting armor that has terrible options next to great ones. I'm not opposed to grinding, but I'd love to be rewarded for extra work. Are you in support of the Wrath armor re roll, or have you changed your opinion on re rolling armor? You missed it because I did say this, I believe in my talk, or I, at least in the Q&A, I think it was in my talk, that creating an internal economy to re-roll armor is something I've actually been a proponent of for a really long time. I don't think we should be able to re-roll guns. Rerolling armor doesn't bother me if it's tied to something like that. If I'm running the raid, and again, I feel like if you're going to do this, I should be able to continue to get that currency. I should be able to continue to get that currency from the raid beyond those three runs right and maybe it diminishes over time i love that about wrath it was like my eighth or ninth run where i stopped getting the currency and then i could re-roll the armor i think that's completely fine especially if it's only the raid armor and you're only you know one of the main reasons you're doing it is because raid armor is better than it is right now like it needs raid perks and stuff because it doesn't personally have that dano with 32 months have a great day thank you dano that's the longest you can be subbed to me dude thanks for 32 JD Gamer, how do you feel about Last Wish compared to Leviathan based on encounters and mechanics? Leviathan is terrible. I think Last Wish is fantastic. I think Last Wish is arguably one of the best raids they've ever built. The loot is just not quite where I want to see raid loot, which is why I made the video today. OP Mark, you may have touched on this before. But do you think it would be amazing to have gear sets, full raid gear, full E.D.Z. gear that give you bonuses for the event or location? What sort of bonuses would you like to see? Yeah, I've got, I've got, I've I've been a proponent of this for a really long time. I call this contextual power. The the origin of the object gives it a benefit when you're there. Now, obviously, you would want to be able to open up your menu, and I said they could just add squares up here, right? What if there was like eight squares up here, eight different loadouts, and you just had a loadout that you know, like, oh, my number three loadout. Boom, you click it, and it changes all your gear, pulls from your inventory, because Dim can do that, for Frick's sake. (laughs) And it has your guns and your armor that, let's say it's your Nessus loadout. It's your armor and your guns from Nessus that you took time to grind for that get some sort of a bonus on Nessus. Maybe it's damage resistance or damage. Maybe it's... Every perk gets a bump, so Outlaw is a little bit faster, Rampage is a little bit, you know, a little bit of a bump. Like every little thing gets like a little green like arrow on it. Like a little up. Little green arrow up to be like, this is a little bit better on this planet. Now a hardcore player is gonna look at that and just grin ear to ear and be like, so much loot to chase. A casual player or a less engaged player isn't going to look at that and be like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to get any of that. And here's why they're not going to be concerned. That's a min-maxing hardcore sentimentality. So this is why this is such a great idea. Let's say if you do this, then every planet has their own weapon pyramid, right? Weapon pyramid looks like this. And all the weapons at the top are the pinnacle versions. Right there's a pinnacle hand cannon and it's got an amazing roll, and then there's a pinnacle auto rifle, scout rifle, pulse, etc. And they all have they all have pinnacle potential roles. Curated roles comes in play huge here. I love the idea of curated roles. It's a preset role that's god tier, masterwork ten. So if they get a pinnacle hand cannon on Nessus, that gun is pinnacle everywhere. It's not suddenly a pile of garbage because you're not on Nessus. It's still guys guys name is lazy titan and he's a freaking try hard moron that just keeps wasting the heroic chance um i'll just do it on the last one i'll just do it on the last one you can't stop me i got a 1000 voices so go ahead and kill the blades i don't care um oh it's not lazy titan i don't know who's destroying the blades anyway so they would feel like i got a great piece of gear They're not going to use again. They're not going to use that hand cannon and feel like what a piece of garbage. It's only good on Nessus. They're going to feel like this is a great gun everywhere. The hardcore player is going to be like, I want to get the absolute best of the best on every planet, so then I have pinnacle loadouts for everything. If I run a Nightfall, if I run if I run a Strike, if I'm grinding public events, heroic, whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to run, they feel like they have that that that's like the title right why the frick would you grind for a title why would you grind for full armor sets and and god roll guns on every planet because that's literally that's literally what 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 hardcore players are motivated by having the best of the best this is why people don't understand my argument against the ikalas shotgun being a problem for loot incentivization Why am I going to chase god rolls, why am I going to chase new guns and gear, when there's already pinnacle gear that supersedes it and is better than it? The entire incentive to get the best possible loot, the best possible guns, is almost non-existent, because the best possible guns have existed since Warmind and are still the best possible. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, if you could have brought Fatebringer with you everywhere, always, and never left it behind... Would you have cared about any of the new guns or gear when Kingsfall landed? No, you probably wouldn't have. Once people realized all of the guns in Kingsfall sucked, what happened? The same thing. Everybody ran ran hung jury in the raid. Now, everybody's always going to push back, and am like, but the sniper rifle, but this, but that, just in the realm of primary weapons, okay, just in the realm of primary weapons, as soon as people realized Hung jury was god tier compared to everything they could get in the raid, that's what they ran, and that weapon superseded loot incentive. It's the same idea. A pinnacle piece of gear, far more easily accessible, I don't need to run the raid to get it, I don't need to run this content to get any of this gear, or these guns. Why? Because I already have the pinnacle the pinnacle primary. People ran King's Fall to get max level, and that was it. That's why all the hardcore players got mad when the april update came out because their only trophy from king's fall was max light there was no fate bringer there was no god tier weapon from the raid and we're kind of in that situation again as soon as you forget about the 1k voices nobody's like oh my gosh i have to run the raid to get x that's a problem sure the guns are nice sure the guns are cool but bring back the 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 era of the fate bringer where you see me with the weapon in the tower and you're like i want that hand cannon the only way i'm getting that hand cannon it's the best possible role in a hand cannon it's got an extra perk it's got this cool thing it's got new perks we've never seen before only way i'm getting is running the raid that's how it should be you shouldn't be able to look at my hand cannon and be like, well, I ran Leviathan after it had been out for nine months and it was easier and everybody had it figured out, or I got this Midnight Coup from a Raid Clan Gram. and the Midnight Coup hand cannon is as good as any primary you can get from, from Last Wish, so pff, who cares about your guns, you know? I can get a Bygones from Grinding Gambit, I don't need your Chattering Bone, etc don't do it do you think bringing back prison or the other d1 horde modes would be a good idea for faction rallies or other monthly events maybe even add old raid bosses i mean you you can always i think you can always take previous content and invest in it i said with the infinite forest they could bring back all the old raids and you wouldn't hear a single bit of complaint from me because if i could play wrath of the machine with this fov and frame rate i would be in heaven uh, you bring back, like, again, with the Infinite Forest, it could be a dark future version of every single raid, so then the guns could arguably be, be different as well, and you could enter them into this landscape of, you know, mods, and, and the random rolls, and the curated rolls. You could do all that. Do that treatment to every single raid. King's Fall, Wrath of the Machine, Vault of Glass. I'm saying this, and fans of Destiny are like, Oh my gosh, like, they, they're getting excited. There's not a single fan of the Destiny franchise that hears that and thinks, nah don't do that like so if you're gonna repurpose content i would have it done that way now for faction rally yeah i don't know if i want elder any horde mode challenge developers for faction rally i think faction rally would be cool just to like have bounties that are attached to a variety of activities and you get rep for your faction during that rally the more you play, the more you grind, the more chances you have and there's the you know then there's a chance to get the curated role on the weapons and the weapons go away and then for three weeks you can't get them but you can still grind the faction if you want for you know cosmetics, ghosts, sparrows, ships, etc. And then the next faction rally shows up the old weapons drop into the general loot pool of the faction rally so now you can grind for them all the time but there's new weapons that are limited and only available for that week you maintain urgency but you maintain accessibility hardcore players can grind during the urgency period to try to get the best possible roles people that can't play as much or just can't get a good role they can basically wait until those guns drop into the general loot pool and then they can grind for them I think that is like the call for faction rally i don't think you need to attach faction rally to a horde mode or a new game type faction rally can just land on the existing game and and gambit crucible raid public events you know lost sectors heroic flashpoints like just give us bounties from the faction to go and do all these cool things while representing the faction and then that's just your way daily more daily rhythm of grind with chances to get cool stuff Next question from the same guy, don't do it, says, If G-Horn, Thorn, Last Word, Hawkmore, Ex- Hawkmoon, etc. come back to balance EP Shotgun. I. Do you know what you just listed? Does anybody, does anybody want to tell him what he just listed? He listed a bunch of exotics to balance EP Shotgun. Like, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Everybody's tired of me talking about it, but, like, you're proving my point. <laughs> you gotta bring a bunch of exotics with the hope of balancing the EP shotgun, which means it's an exotic in disguise. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it needs it needs adjusted. If, if you gotta throw the kitchen sink at it to get it to no longer be where it is, then uh, maybe the weapon does need tweaked. <laughs> Well I'd bring back G horn. That'll show the EP shotgun. Let me tell you what I can do. I can still run my EP shotgun and I'll put the G horn right here. <laughs> oh, let me let me show you something. I can put the last word or the Hawkmoon or the Thorn up here and still run the EP shotgun. Like even 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 as a as a solution, it's not a solution. Uh kinda funny that I'm running the horror story and it dropped the foregone conclusion. That's actually kinda funny. That it dropped that gun while I was running this uh, auto rifle. Last question. Great Q&A today, guys. Soul Villa or Sol Villa. How about just locking max light level of gear to the DLC that it came out in? Okay, so I want to say, yeah, sounds great, man. But then I know what that's going to do. Now, part of me says, go ahead and upset the player base. They're gonna play anyway. The player that grinded Oh, that was your point. You were being facetious with the question. Mm. Cheeky, cheeky minx. Uh, I'll take this other question. There's another question. I'll take it. There's one more. Here's the thing. The players that have all the best stuff, Midnight Coup, Escalation Protocol Shotgun, Sleeper, right? If you lock their stuff power level wise, most of them aren't going to care. Because they're going to play anyway, they're a hardcore player. The real problem with doing it, and here's why I ultimately would say no, I don't think you want to do that. The real problem is, you then devalue the content going forward, and you slowly just start lopping the content off behind you. So, new players buy Destiny, and they have to get Warmind and Curse, and they have to get all the content in order to play Forsaken and you're basically saying all that gear back there it doesn't matter anymore we've nullified its existence it's junk and so you're basically then looking in the face of a new player and you're saying hey you just bought this huge giant awesome game and 75% of the content doesn't matter what you're doing is is you're always cont- you're always encasing cont- like the relevancy you're always encasing it the only time that the gear matters, the only time that the content matters, the only content that matters is the new content. Everything else is just kind of left behind. I think they are so close to getting it right. They're so close to getting it right. When they said, you can infuse your your Nameless Midnight, your Midnight Coup, you can infuse those weapons up and keep using them if you want, Okay? But then they showed us these trailers and they had these they had these, these videos and these streams where they showed us all these perks and random rolls and mod slots and 10 levels of masterwork. A lot of us said that's how they're going to passively unseat the old gear. Sure, you can keep using it. Sure, there's gear from the past and obviously, yes, exotics from the past that are going to persist as being great. Orpheus Riggs is never going to not be good, right? It's an exotic, and that's kind of how it should be. They and, and This is where they fell short, and some of this may just have to do with time, okay? Here's where I would give them a little bit of a pass here. Here comes Lono to be the bungee Apologist, right? Lono's giving them a hard time. Lono's saying they fell short. Here's where I'll give them a bit of a pass. They did throw the kitchen sink at us. They did. They gave us an absolute mountain of content and new investment pathways they did and i applaud them for that bungie gets 10 out of 10 for taking a a floundering franchise and a struggling game with nothing in it worth doing and they really did create a lot of great investment paths they get full marks for that okay they leaned a little too lightly on the we're going to really try and motivate you to leave behind your one gear should have leaned a little bit harder and here's where they needed to lean harder new perks stronger perks more unique perks nightfall specific gear and raid gear is where i'm kind of thinking even gambit gear and some of the pinnacle crucible gear they just didn't lean hard enough right like look at what they did with crucible and that's kind of a that's kind of a that's actually where you kind of want things to go look at what they did with crucible The Redrick's Broadsword, the Luna's Howl, and the Not Forgotten are guns that are being pursued by and used by hardcore PvP players that for those players, those guns are unseating their year one guns. That's the format? That's the format. You just do that. And the reason they're doing it, how are they doing it? Oh my gosh, I need to make a video about this. Desperado, and what's the perk on the Luna's Howl that makes it so good? The one that would like, what is it, two crit hits and you get like a huge damage bonus. What's that perk called? Somebody's gonna put it in chat for me. That's the format. Going forward, you replicate that everywhere. I should be able to finish the raid and get guns, or get a curated loadout from a Nightfall, and get a similar feeling of like, this new perk makes this gun better than year one gear. Year 1 gear is still fine, you can still go into the Crucible and use Year 1 gear, and it's totally fine. Magnificent Howl is the name of the perk. If you get a Pinnacle-curated Nightfall piece of gear or Raid piece of gear, it should be similar to the way Magnificent Howl as a perk unseats the Year 1 gear of a PvP player. That is the plan going forward. Do it, Bungie. Do it. That's it. It works. It works. It works, because if I grind the Nightfall, and I grind the Raid, and I get Pinnacle Gear, I should be able to turn around to my year one gear and be like, See you later. This new perk is amazing. This new thing is so better. They they fell short, right? Fourth time's charm is really the only the only new perk we've really seen show up as like a wow you can really get a slightly different feel it's basically just an iteration of triple tap if we're honest it's not even that amazing fourth times a charm is a perk is not blowing anybody's hair back rapidly landing precision hits will return two rounds to the magazine i don't know that's that's not that's not that's not blowing my hair back and the reason I give them a little bit of a pass, a little bit of a pass, is because they they created so much content and so many investment paths for us, they weren't going to get it all right. But they got the PvP pursuit right. And if they replicate that for the future in future DLC, and Destiny 3, etc., to where there's a definitive difference between, right... So, let's say I'm right, and we get the Taken Queen next year, September of 2019, Taken Queen lands, okay? The raid and the Nightfall-specific loot that drops, if it drops curated, right, the more rare, the more prized version, the quote-unquote god roll, should have a perk on it that's not obtainable any other way. Any other way. And then, that perk is then equal to or in the same mindset of Magnificent Howl. You're like dude, this is a better hand cannon than any of the ones I've had before now. It's dope. It's mega strong. Now some of that can be achieved with contextual power, right? Like maybe the hand cannon's stupidly strong in the raid because of the perk or maybe the new enemy types or whatever. I think it needs to be more generic though. I think magnificent howl and desperado are perks that can proc anywhere and that's what makes those guns so unique and it's what makes you put down old gear. This is how you this is how you unseat gear 1 gear. The the only way you're ever going to make somebody say Well, Outlaw Rampage on the Midnight Coup and the Escalation Protocol Shotgun with Trench Barrel, you just can't beat them. The only way you unseat that is by instituting new perks because if not, you're playing in the same sandbox and the same combination of perks is going to drop and you're just kind of like, yeah, I already have a gun like that. I already have a gun like that. So I'm writing down magnificent how unseat year one uh in pvp so i can remember i want to do a talk about that i'm not sure what i'll title the video but i do want to do a talk about that one more question from mr mason's puppet would having pinnacle vanilla weapons unable to be infused and quest added to get forsaken versions that can be higher power level be an answer this is this is getting at the problem but not in a way that i think is very satisfactory and i'll tell you why What I just outlined as a better format is one where you go out into the new content, the new raid, the new nightfalls, the new, the new game mode, gambit, whatever, wherever you're going and you're pursuing loot in that new content. I don't really want to really want to grind to infuse, to get forsaken versions that can be higher level. You're not really doing anything other than kiting me through quests to raise the power of the gun. I think what I just outlined, I really do think the Broadsword, the Lunas Howl, and the Not Forgotten, I think those are a great, great structure for unseeding old gear with new perks, and they just need to do that in the rest of the game with the endgame content, raids, Nightfall-specific gear. That's how you leave behind year one gear, and you're not disrespecting investment. This People could be like, i don't really care to grind nightfalls i'm happy with my ep shoddy i'm happy with my midnight coup but let them play with their buddy a couple times and hear that perk firing off or see that perk working and they might be like i think i might grind that nightfall this weekend that gun's pretty dead gum hot right that's a fair and a healthy way to incentivize changing gear you're not forcing you're not strong arming anybody you're incentivizing incentivizing makes it feel so much more rewarding when you get it because you sought it out you didn't feel forced to do it so if you're listening to this podcast on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage that's how all these wonderful folks submitted these great questions a really really good really good discussion here especially very at the end here some great things that'll lead to some other great videos as always if you're listening or watching in those avenues i greatly appreciate that and uh, as always please like share and subscribe